0: Thank you for joining us for episode 20 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. So as we do week after week, we, it is very important that we start with this highly mm, anticipated but also somewhat controversial Conversation. Uh, You could call it a hot topic if you want to. Yes, hot, hot, almost right on the edge of ghost pepper hot. That's right. So, this is something that's very uh, important for us. And uh, we've already had this conversation that this could impact a friendship based on your decision here. And I just need to know where you land when it comes to barbecue style, maybe even sauce. Are you a Kansas City or are you a North Carolina? style barbecues barbecue sauce kind of sewer. Yes. Ooh. Yes.
1: The whole question upsets me. Uh it's reductionist and simplistic. Uh I am a very simple individual. Well <laughs> no comment. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I grew up on Carolina barbecue, uh, uh, this is mustard good. flavor, this is and you. and it was very, very good. There's a small little mom and pop shop, uh, McCabe's Barbecue in Al- or Manning, South Carolina. Uh, that's That was where I was introduced good. to barbecue, and it's the best of the best. However, uh, I will say since then, um, I've probably grown to love the more sweet style that can be characterized by kansas city i prefer memphis really the yeah, kind of touch can, that yeah, memphis yeah, offers right. to it a little bit more I can um, that. Yeah. but yeah it, you know i like texas barbecue too I re- there's really not a wrong kind of barbecue in my opinion i'll mm. take them all so
0: okay we, we were started on a rocky ground there with that whole affinity toward we north Carolina.
1: oh that's holy <laughs> ground sorry not rocky ground
0: Kyle, I need to know your really
1: response
2: don't. to this. Yes. Um, so you know that I asked for an explanation of these before. It, and it hurt my uh, feelings. Yeah. Um, really, to me, Kansas City is the only um, possible, like that tomato base we're going to go. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's really the only yes. valid barbecue.
0: Yes. Um,
2: With so brown sugar. Brown the other or... is just tasteless Lashley. meat um, yes <laughs> it's just awful tasteless meat uh. yeah so i well, we cooked it I'm for gonna, you i'm gonna go with that um byron's barbecue ooh, in in yes. auburn to me uh quality. is the standard he's
0: um, won a few
2: barbecue cook- yeah, call, so championships that's, that's my gold standard for barbecue it's um I really don't know what kind of style he does, but that's, you yes, know, he's call like it Kansas it. City because,
1: again, <laughs> it's simplistic. It's
0: like amazing is what it
1: is. Well, per the usual, you take uh, people around here and you throw tomatoes at their food, and all of a sudden it's good. I don't I don't know how
0: that works, but I, I could not disagree. <laughs> I more don't with see that, anything so. wrong with that. Okay, so let's transition to this. We're, yeah. I'm going to give you four cuts of meat, and I need you to tell me the one that you prefer. This is barbecue, barbecue like Boston butt, ribs, chicken, or brisket. You get to choose one. Which is, which will it be? I'm
1: going to go with brisket on this one
0: Mm -hmm. out of the four
1: that are listed. Yes. Um, Again, it, it's hard to go wrong with any of those choices, but I, I think brisket's pretty good for me.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm probably gonna go Boston butt. Okay, Boston simple. So, speaking yeah. of reductionist, i right. simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> that or ribs. Those
2: two. Ribs. Those two would stand out.
0: So, so I can be a little different since you went Boston butt. I go ribs, but uh, I could. It, you know, brisket can get bad in a hurry. It can. It that's can true. dry out in a hurry. Yep. And so it's Too gotta, much fat at times. There is. No, I but can't do. it doesn't taste so good. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. know. That's, that's where your flavor just, comes from. Uh, my stomach may not always yeah. agree with it. But so, anyhow.
1: Okay, so let's. Uh, I feel like our people are getting to know us really well. They, <laughs> <laughs> they probably just fast forward through that Yeah, they
0: probably part. do. Yeah, yeah. Cool. okay. <laughs> So let's transition into just sort of a a challenge for us as a group of leaders. Uh, In January, we were challenged by our pastor uh, to in what we've called the 3 in 23. Uh, um, I would assume most, if not all, of our leaders have signed that uh, commitment in January. Uh, Many, if not most, of the people in our life groups signed that commitment and just made this commitment back early in January to to share the gospel three times in 23. One time in life group, one time with someone in our family, and then one time with someone in our community that we believe to be outside of our relationship with Christ. And so I just want to just just say and uh, encourage you guys and just let you know where I am personally on that. Uh, I uh, have early uh, in this, or I guess maybe it was later in January, early February, uh, the group that I meet with, uh, we meet on Sunday evenings. And so I, I, I took that, um, that resource that we use. I believe it's actually an appendix in the back of the Next Steps book, How to Share the Gospel, right? Yep. How, to, how to Share Your Testimony, How to Share the Gospel Through Your Story. Uh, and so there's three parts to that, you know, your life before Christ, how you came to know Christ, and your life uh, since you've come to know Christ being certain to include the gospel, right? And we uh, uh, articulate that with God, man, Christ response. And so I took that piece of paper and and wrote out my story, uh, sharing the gospel through my story. And on that uh, evening, uh, late in January, early in in February, I just actually just read. I read my story off that piece of paper that I had written it, uh, just because that was the challenge, right? Uh, So I did that then. Uh, I have... Uh, uh, shared my story with my children since then. Uh, Actually, well, with Tanya, actually recently, within just a few weeks ago, uh, just uh, shared my story again with Tanya. Uh, And the really cool thing is that um, I I didn't, hmm, didn't really make the connection at the time, but Tanya was actually a part of this church that I started going to. Uh, I didn't really know that at the time, uh, but we came, uh, rekindled a friendship and all that kind of good stuff after I came to know Christ. So that's pretty neat. Uh, And then, yes, uh, through since January, I've had a couple different opportunities uh, to share the gospel with individuals. And and I'll conclude here with just asking you guys uh, at the table and as well as you as leaders that are listening uh, to uh, pray with me and for me. Uh, There's uh, an individual that I've been meeting with uh, have met with several times over the last few weeks and will over the next weeks and months have an opportunity to spend uh, time together. We've had uh, spiritual conversations, have not had the opportunity to share the gospel yet, but am looking forward to that. And so I just ask that you would pray for me as I engage this fella uh, over the weeks and months to come that I'll have that opportunity. So leaders, I, I just want to encourage you. Uh, to be active in that, not only you individually, but also asking the people in your group, your group, are they, how are they doing? Are are they sharing the gospel? Uh, Because that's so important for us uh, as believers uh, as we walk out our faith. So, thank you uh, for that, uh, and looking forward as we are obedient to the teaching of Scripture, to what He does in and through us. So, now, uh, over the next few weeks, uh, I'll asked these guys, they'll be sharing their story uh, of how God is using them uh, in sharing the gospel, uh, the 3 and 3, 3 23 challenge, so you can look forward to hearing those over the next few weeks. Now, we'll transition to looking at the passage. Uh, this week, we're looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 uh, through 14, and Kyle will be guiding our conversation about that.
2: Yeah, so our passage for this week um, begins where uh, it left off the the week before, um, really using the same verses, the same last two verses from the previous week to begin this week's lesson. And the reason why we did that when we were looking at planning out this series was because Really, verses 10 and 11 form almost a bridge um, between the section that comes before it and the section that we're going to focus on uh, today. And uh, you'll see that oftentimes when you kind of read through the Scriptures, not based on the verse numbers or chapter numbers, but uh, just kind of the overall theme as you kind of trace what Paul is saying in uh, in his letter, because remember, this letter did not come with chapter numbers and verse numbers. So sometimes it can be very helpful uh, to find a version of uh, the Bible without those um, and just read through it and see if you can just kind of follow Paul's, um, what, what he's saying in the letter uh, without the, the help of those uh, numbers. Sometimes you kind of see connections that uh, maybe you wouldn't otherwise see. Um, But revisiting verses 10 and 11, Paul said, you know, I've I've counted all these things as rubbish in order that I may gain the righteousness of my own. And then he goes down into verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain resurrection from the dead. His aim is that he would know the power of God uh, in his life. and specifically that power that raised Christ from the dead. This is something that he prayed uh, for the Ephesians, that their hearts would be open to the power of the resurrection, the power that raised Christ from the dead at work in them. He's said in chapter 2 that God is the one who is uh, working in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure, and so it's that power of God at work in the believer's life. And he says that he wants to do that, uh, that that he may share in Christ's sufferings. Now, Paul did not share in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus in the sense of Paul's not saying, I'm offering my life as an atonement um, in the same way that Jesus did. But we share, uh, we suffer uh, in the uh, a similar way to Christ in in terms of being obedient to God chapter 2 talks through how God or how Jesus became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross Believers we know God uses suffering in our lives for a number of reasons we see opposition come against us uh, from the world we know that God uses suffering to, purify us to work in our lives to prove his work in our lives and then we also know that he uses suffering um, as a gospel witness uh, in, in our lives that that as we suffer with the hope of Christ people wonder what in the world is different with us um, and we're able to uh, reach outward with the with the gospel message uh, through our suffering and and there are many other ways that that God uses suffering in our lives but we are joined to him in uh, in that way. And so uh, Paul is saying, hey, I, I'm looking to share in those sufferings. And as I'm doing that, I'm becoming like him. Um, and I'm looking to that day when I'm going to be with Christ. Um, he's not questioning whether or not that day will ever come. He says, you know, uh, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He's not questioning, you know, is this... Uh, Is it possible that I'm not going to attain that? He's simply saying, uh, whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes for me to get to that point, uh, I'm willing to do, even if it means sharing in uh, suffering that is like Jesus. And so um, it's really that whatever it takes kind of mentality that Paul is expressing. But then he moves into verse twelve, and he says, "You know, I haven't, I have not already obtained this. I'm not already perfect, uh, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me own, uh, made me His own." And he says, "But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." Paul knows that he is not fully there yet; uh, he's not perfect. He hasn't attained uh, what he's striving after. He knows it, and he knows that God knows it. Um, and so, in this life, no believer is a finished work. Um, and that's good for us to remember because sometimes we act like um, God is surprised that we are not finished yet. Um, sometimes we're surprised ourselves that we're not finished. We assume that we ought to be, but it's it's God's good plan to leave us unfinished in this life and to work over time. And so, he's not caught off guard. Um, and Paul isn't walking around acting like he's obtained what he's been seeking. He's humble enough to say, hey, I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm headed there, but I'm not there yet. Um, he says, but because he belongs to Christ, we he can give his life to Christ. Um, and the same is true for us. Um, we work out our salvation because we have been saved by Christ. So, um, that, that work, uh, in terms of salvation is from a sense and a source of security that we already belong to Christ. And so Paul is saying, um, I'm going to press on. I'm going to strive after this knowing that uh, I already belong to Christ. Therefore, I want it to be reflected in my life. Um, It's a process. It's a struggle. It's a Battle. He's already said, again, in another part of Philippians, that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're supposed to, in other letters that he writes, to discipline ourselves for godliness. Like there is this striving after this process. Um, and as we do that, I think this is one of the best parts of Philippians to me. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Um, all the accolades, all the advantages, all the successes, all the accomplishments that Paul has just been listing earlier in this chapter. He's saying, I'm putting that behind me. Like that, that uh, matters but it doesn't determine anything in my life. It doesn't determine anything for my eternity. I'm thankful for them, but I can't sit there and dwell on those successes. I can't sit there and, and think of my my lineage, my history, all the advantages that I had, all the things that I've accomplished, my zeal, my you know striving after righteousness. I can't think on those things. I need to look ahead to Christ and to being with Him. And so, I I can forget those things, all the things that have been great in my life, all the successes, all that. I forget them for Christ's sake. I would even say um, all the failures, um, too. Now, the immediate context is, yes, Paul's um, uh, successes, uh, all the things that have gone well. But I think also we need to be reminded to that all the failures, all the disadvantages, all the disappointments, all the things that we've done wrong um, in Christ, we can forget those. We can move forward. Um, We can can leave those in the past for the sake of Christ Um, in the sense of we're not going to be controlled by those things. Those things. again, they influence us, they matter, um, but we're not defined by those things. We're defined by Christ now. And so sometimes for the people in your group, maybe even for yourself as a leader, you look back over your life and maybe you've been dogged by just um, past failures, past sins that you've struggled with, things that you regret, and those are real um, but one of the sweetest verses in Scripture is what we've just read here in Philippians 3. And it's just saying, God knows that you're still a work in progress. So forget what lies behind and press forward. Do not stall out because your focus is on, the, uh, on what's been in the past. Um, believe that God uh, knew it all along. And um, he is working in you to help you push forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Like, you're headed to that prize, and God is going to complete that work in your life. So forget all the great things that you would boast in, and forget all the things that you would regret, and move forward toward Christ, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. So just a really rich um, set of of verses that can be very meaningful uh, to your people as you walk through them this week.
1: That's great stuff. Um, and I think the curriculum is littered with really good questions uh, that you and your group will hopefully have great discussions about. Uh, but just appreciate the way that Kyle led us through that passage. There's two questions that I want to highlight. Uh, the first one is on page 30 of your curriculum, uh, about midway down. It says, How have you, um, how have your group members been guilty of projecting the image that you have it all together? Uh, And then what does this say about your need for Jesus or lack thereof? I mean, I just think that in the culture that we live in, so appearance-driven and oftentimes appearance-focused, and if we're not really careful, we can fall into that in the church as well. Uh, even walking through the halls projecting that we're all good and all together when we just finished up screaming at each other in the car on the way to church on Sunday, you know, it happens. Mm, yes. Um, and so uh, where have we as Christians been guilty of projecting that image? Um, and, and what does that say about our, our need for Jesus or lack thereof? Uh, appreciate that Paul, again, like Kyle said, just we think of one of the greatest men in the history uh, of our Christian faith. And here he is admitting to a church that he's planted saying, Hey, I'm not there yet. I, 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 you know, at Liberty, we'd say it like this. I've still got next steps on this spiritual journey that I need to take. Right. And looking for those next steps. So leading right into that over just a page on page 31, there's another question, uh, that says, what are you doing to be intentional about your spiritual growth? Uh, when Kyle was talking there through, um, through that segment, I thought of my junior year in high school, uh, we opened up the season with, a, uh, I played basketball and we opened up the season with more wins consecutively than any team in our school's history had ever gotten throughout the entire year. And it was critical that every day when we didn't have a game, we showed up at practice diligent and ready to learn and plan for the next game. It would have been so easy for us to relish in the success that we were having as a team Uh, and we would have snapped that winning streak so fast. So it does, it matters that we continue to be intentional, no matter how much we feel like we're succeeding or failing as a believer in any given season, continue to be intentional about planning out your spiritual growth. Uh, And I think that's that's really critical. So um, I think I'm supposed to move straight on to the measures. That's what we'll do. Uh, We talk about these marks of discipleship that are important for us to highlight. Let me draw your attention to the second one that the curriculum offers. How will you draw closer to your father as a child who's grateful for the opportunity uh, to partner with him in kingdom work? I mean, again, I think of an analogy that uh, we go out and we watch our kids play soccer games when they're three or four years old. It's not really a big deal to us that our kids out there tripping and swinging at nothing and, you know, spinning around in circles like it's just awesome to see them be on the field. And so we've got to remind ourselves that our Heavenly Father doesn't look down at us like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe he's not scoring more goals or I cannot believe he's not, you know, winning the game for Team Jesus or whatever. Uh, so, so, So draw closer and encourage your people to draw closer to their Father who has already accepted them in Jesus Christ and who calls them to move forward. That's good. Thank
0: you so much, fellows. Uh, as we get close to wrapping up our time together, one of a, an integral part to our lesson is the live it out. And so um, one of our live it outs will be the same each uh, week during this um for the next month. Uh, And that's the second one, which is take time this month to serve the person you've been praying for, find some way to meet a need, and to helpfully uh, come alongside them in a tangible way. So just that intentionality of seeking to serve those that you, that individual that you're praying for, uh, that might, that they might come to know Christ as their Savior. And then this, the the first uh, of the Live It Outs is, we think back to the passage that uh, is our focal passage, and how our past oftentimes our successes will will puff us up and our failures will crush us and they will oftentimes define who we are in the present. And so the question is uh, or the live it out is evaluate your life and identify any ways you've been letting the past distract you from what God wants to do with you right now. And so our hope is in in this in this passage of scripture that's preached on Sunday morning that's discussed uh, in a small group setting either in a classroom or in a living room that we then apply this truth to our lives throughout the week so uh, just what a great uh, question in a in a opportunity for us to, to whittle this passage down to this one thing. As a, res, as a result of this scripture, how are we going to live this out in our life this week? So be certain to challenge your, your group uh, to apply this truth to their life, to follow up during the week, to, to start next week's lesson with these questions, just to keep it in a soft accountability sort of way in front of our people. So, uh, so we've got an event that's coming up uh, really soon, and uh, Kyle is going to give us some information about yep. that. And before I do that, I'm going to call
2: an audible just Uh-oh. because yes. I need to clarify something as I was thinking through this passage as y'all were talking. Um, when Paul says that we forget, <clears throat> that, does, <clears throat> that does not mean that we sweep it under the rug. Right. Um, so, you forget once you've dealt with it in a biblical way. Um, so if you've sinned, you confess that With if you God pursue reconciliation, right. yeah. you do everything that you're, you know, able to, to pursue peace and reconciliation. So just, I thought it was important to clarify, this is not a divine command to sweep things under the rug mm-hmm. or act like they didn't happen. Yeah, that's good. Um, but once you've dealt with it in an, uh, in a biblical way, then move forward. Good. And, and so, uh, just thought that I needed to clarify that real quick. Um, yes, we have a night of worship, uh, a night of worship coming up on Wednesday, October 18th. Uh, we're going to have dinner, uh, here. Uh, we're going to have Arby's at 5 a.m. or not 5 a.m., uh, 5 p.m. Beef for breakfast. <laughs> oh, ooh, um, and then at six o'clock, we will all go into the worship center where we will have uh, a night of worship, music, prayer. Uh, a short message, just uh, a time to encourage one another in the Word uh, and, and to be together, uh, focusing on Christ. And so there is child care available for ages kindergarten down. Um, and so uh, the rest, we will be in here. And uh, really looking forward to that night of worship as a faith family. So make plans to be a part of that.
0: Fellas, thank you for sharing. Uh, I look forward to seeing you leaders on Sunday morning. We'll see you then.